you in no way when this door was built. You might have. Holy Spirit definitely did. But I had no idea the way he was going to use this door. And the funny thing is I said earlier is nobody ever told you all to walk through the door except the Holy Spirit. Last week during praise and worship we hadn't, Dad hadn't even started this message series. And uh, I guess it was James, but uh, I think it was you, James. Holy Ghost led you. If you give credit, that's right. Told James just to get up and walk through the door. And uh, that was awesome. That was powerful. And uh, ever since then, I think people have really, that's been resonating in your spirits as you say goodbye to past things and look forward to 2024. And we're just going to continue to talk about the open door today, but in a very brief way today, I, I promise you, uh, Dad has so much more teaching, Mom, and on this, and, and, and I just have little tidbits to add as the Holy Spirit gives them to me. But uh, but God did deposit a word the Holy Spirit did in my spirit, and I want to give it to you in a very short way today. But uh, I'm going to read some scriptures, uh, Lakin, for your benefit. I'm in the NLT today. I'm in Numbers 13 and 14, and I'm going to skip some. Uh, I will ask you this later on down the road. You may want to go back and look at Numbers 13, 14, the entire thing. I'm not reading. I read a lot of scripture, but I'm not reading it all. But you can go back and read it, and I, it's powerful. You should. But I think what God, what God put on my heart this morning, Dad, was, and, and I'm glad that uh, the word came forth, the message came forth earlier, and and and. and what, what God keeps telling me is don't take credit for the open door. Don't you dare take credit, meaning us, meaning me, you. Because I didn't open the door. You didn't open the door. You might have had to have a part in what you did with the door. But in 2024, God has opened the door. You remember one time there was an ark and there was a mighty rain came and there was a flood that destroyed the earth. It was God that shut the door. And man couldn't open the door because he didn't oh he didn't close it. He couldn't open it. We can't open the door. God opens the door. Now there is another door in our heart, and that's a whole in Revelation. Behold, I stand at the door knocking, you have to invite him in. That's a different thing. But as far as opening this door in 2024, God has opened this door. And so uh, what, what God started showing me is. What role do we have to play in this? I mean, if God has just opened this door, then what is our role in this thing? And, and what, what about our actions would, would, would make a difference in what this year looks like? Because I think sometimes we get these messages that are powerful and we can sit back and say, wow, it's going to be a year where it just rains Skittles. Where I just go outside with a bucket and I catch Skittles because this year is the open door. But I think God is going to ask us to partner with Him in this year the open door so that we can walk through and not just take new territory, but occupy new territory. That's a big difference, right? Many people take territory, PJ. Very few can occupy the territory because you've got to be consistent to occupy. You've got to be level to occupy. You've got to spend time to occupy. You, it's not just a one-time thing. You get pumped up to take, but you have to be strong and responsible to occupy. 
And I believe this is the year the Holy Spirit's going to give us more of that too, okay? So what, what God started talking to me was, we need that not only, not only is this the year of the open door, but we, God's people, need to have an open door attitude. We got to have an open door attitude. Because I can tell you this, the world will beat that out of you. You get told no long enough and often enough and you get made feel like you're not good enough and you're told all your life you're nothing and you're beat down and the world beats you down sometimes and some of that does happen and you can have a mindset that the doors are always closed on me. I'm just a closed door person. But God has opened the door. And so what God is saying is we have to have the attitude of an open door. We have to understand as this young lady got up here and grabbed the mic and said, is that she said, I just felt like I wasn't enough to go through the door. And Holy Spirit told me that the door was open. So she had to understand. She had to change her outlook. She had to change her attitude about the door. That the door wasn't just for some people. The door was for every people. And by the way, Monday is Reverend Martin Luther King Day. And I'll say this. Not, he would preach this spiritually because he was a preacher. But he also believed that doors ought to be open for everybody. But I believe with all my heart that God has opened the door for everybody in this room. No matter what your background is. No matter what your theology has been. No matter what your past has been. This is 
chiropractor to get an adjustment. Adjustment is not a bad thing. An adjustment is meant to get you back in alignment so that you function properly. And that works sometimes. Some people don't believe in it. But it's okay. It might help your back. But I'll say this in certain conditions. Sometimes on the inside we need to go to chiropractor Jesus, Dr. Jesus. And we need an adjustment of our attitude so that we can get back to functioning and be in alignment. And I want to read the scripture and I told you it wouldn't be too long and I mean that. But before I read the scripture, I'll get ready to read a bunch of scripture. If you get that ready, Lake, and I wanted to look up the word attitude. And so I, I looked it up, and this is I'm just reading it straight from it as best I can see with glasses. It says, a settled way, this is the definition of attitude, excuse me. A settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something, typically one that is reflected in a person's behavior. Let me say it again. This is straight out of the dictionary. Look at the dictionary. An attitude is a settled way. That means it's, it's ingrained a little bit. It's, a, it's not fleeting. It's a settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something. Typically one that is reflected in our behavior. Our attitude reflects our behavior. And so many times... In this country, in churches, and in also other ways, we spend time trying to correct behavior. That's right. And so we keep correcting the same behavior, the same behavior, the same behavior because we've not corrected the attitude. And so what Holy Spirit wants to do today is give you and I an attitude adjustment so that we have an open door attitude so we're ready for all this powerful teaching blessings that are coming forth in the next few weeks. I believe what all I'm doing in a few minutes, I believe, is tilling some soil for what Holy Spirit's going to deposit in the coming weeks. Because I want us ready to receive it. I want our jars ready. I don't want to, I want to have enough jars and I want to be ready and empty and ready to be filled. Because God has spoken to something. God is going to fill what you have ready for Him to fill. If you don't have the space in your life, if you don't have the time, if you don't have the charge, you'll feel whatever you have left have there to feel. So we're going to read the scripture. We're going to start making it in Numbers 13 and 1. If you have the Word of God. And I'm going to jump some scriptures because I, I'm just out of time. But I do encourage you to go back and read all of Numbers 13 and 14. And I'm just going to start reading. I'll tell you when I skip, where I skip. And, and in no way am I skipping to change the content of the message. It's honestly just because you guys will get impatient if I read two whole chapters. So here we go. Numbers 13. Are you ready? Ready. Are you ready for the Word of God? Yes. Okay, this is straight out of the Word of God. The Lord now said to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving the Israelites. Now skip, skip like into verse 25. And we're going to read a while there. We're going to read the rest of 25. 
from that on. We jump ahead and the spies have now been to the promised land. And here's what the Word of God says. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel, Kadesh, in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen. And they showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land. We entered the land. We entered the land you sent us to explore. And it indeed is a bountiful country. A land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But, uh, say but. Oh, when you say but. When you come to me and tell me but, I don't like what's coming next. Every church has butts. Don't blame me, Pastor R. Just said that. I tell the scapegoat to a lot of this stuff about how we're so radical, and it's, I'm not near as radical as the. He was radical before radical was cool. I'll tell you that. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak, the Amalekites living in Egypt. And the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people. As they stood there before Moses, he said, let's go at once and take the land. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up there against them. They are stronger than we are. So this spread, that they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. Be careful what gets spread. Because my grandpa grew up in a garden, manure got spread. Be careful what gets spread. So they spread the bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled to and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Go to verse 14. A little bit more. And I'm not going to apologize for reading the Word of God. I know it's more than sometimes we read, but this, this is the most powerful thing. Verse 14. Remember? It said it began to spread. There were little spreading. And so here's what happened. Then the whole community began weeping aloud. They cried all night. The voices, their voices raised in a great chorus of protest. Against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt. Or even here in the wilderness they complained. Why is the Lord taking us. To this country. Only to have us die in battle. Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Pause. I'm not adding to the word of God. I just want to pause for one second. They're at the door. And all of a sudden, they, some of them started saying, 
wouldn't it be better for us to go back to 2023? Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt because we're scared of what's out there? Now let's go back to the actual written word of God. Then they plotted among themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell down face, face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men had explored the land, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, Caleb, son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing. And they said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, He will bring it, us into that safely and give it to us. It's a rich land, full of milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord. Don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection. But the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe in me even after all the miraculous signs I've done for them? I will disown them and destroy them with a the plague. Then I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they are. Now what happens next? I'm going to skip to the scripture. As Moses becomes an attorney, he goes and advocates God for his people. God was prepared to let Moses and Joseph and Caleb go forward and create a new nation. But Moses went to God made a case, an argument, and pled mercy. And he also used reasoning, saying the Egypt, how would it look? So he made a case, and God actually ruled with Moses, changed his mind, it's crazy to me, and spared the people. And that's where we're going to take up reading. We're almost finished. The last bit of this, starting in verse 20, 1420. Then the Lord said, I will pardon them as you have requested. But as surely as I live, and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter that land. They have all seen my glorious presence and miraculous signs I perform both in Egypt and the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They will never even see the land I sworn to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. Now I want you to listen to verse 24. Everybody listen up. This is a big one. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude. Let me say that again. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. Keep going. Now turn around and don't go on toward the land where the Amalekites and the Canaanites live. Tomorrow you must set out for the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea. You may be seated. What God said to Moses is, I know you're the leader, but you have to follow me. They're at this door. 
Joshua and Caleb say, go, 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 and say goodbye. But the people were scared of what was behind the door. And so as a result of that, they tried to rebel against leadership. And God says, you don't rebel against leadership. I gave you leadership. You rebel against me. And so he told them, he told Moses, their leader, now you must turn around and go back and wonder. Because these people aren't ready for the other side of the door. I have a question for you this year, guys. Listen up. Are we ready for what's on the other side of the door? You know what? I believe through the power of the Holy Spirit you are and you will be. He will equip you for this new season if you let it. But it starts with having the attitude of Caleb. It's a big God attitude. You're either going to have a big God attitude or a big giant attitude. There were two that had big giant attitudes. There were two that had big God attitudes. Whatever you're facing this year, if you want to go through the door, if you want to occupy the land, then I ask yourself, do I have a big God attitude or a big giant attitude? Because if you have a big giant attitude, you're going to say, we're just little grasshoppers. Poor people for me. I just, I'm not, I'm left out of everything. I'm a little grasshopper. And if you have a big God attitude, you say those giants have no chance against us. Because I serve Yahweh. Because my God is Yahweh. Because my God is Yahweh. Because my God is a baby. Because my God is on the truth. Because my God is on the present. Get you through the door. It's a big, it's an open door attitude. The big God attitude is what Caleb had. A big God attitude will affect you in how you look at a situation. By the way, Caleb was a spy. You know what spy? What tribe he was from? Stand up, Bobby. Roll up that sleeve, Bobby. Don't act like it hurts. Don't be a wimp. If you want to sit for it, you better take it like a man. Turn around. <laughs> Caleb was a spy. From the tribe of Judah. From the tribe of Judah. And so. <laughs> but God said. Something very important in his word. This is God talking. This is a quote from God. Right? And we know it's the word of God. So it is the word of God. But what I'm saying is. Sometimes the word of God contains quotes from men. That are the word of God. But use men as the mouthpiece. But here that's not true. This is a quote where God is talking to Moses. This is a direct quote of God's voice. God said the difference between Caleb and Joshua wasn't their muscles. He didn't say that. It wasn't their talents. It wasn't their wealth. It wasn't their education. It wasn't how how behaved they were all the time. It wasn't their perfection. It wasn't their status. It wasn't a title. In fact, they had no title. Their title was children of Israel. What separated them was their attitude. Amen. That's what God said. Amen. I didn't say that. God said that Caleb has a different attitude than the rest. And that difference in his attitude is what changed everything 
And that is what made Caleb an open door attitude and allowed him to one day walk through the door. Let me tell you something. I believe everybody in this room. I believe everybody in this room. Not one person left behind. I don't think elevating anybody or diminishing anybody. I think everybody in this room has the ability to have an open door attitude. And I believe everyone in this room will go through the door in 2024 if we choose to do so. I believe that with all my heart. It's not for the gifted and talented. It's not for the special people. I don't think we have rich people, but it's not for the rich people. It's for all people. It's not for one race. It's not for one sex. It's for all people. God says, I've got an open door. But do you have an open door attitude to go through it? If not, good news. Jesus in the house, and he's an attitude adjuster. Think about that too, Jesuits. They're usually not comfortable. They're usually not comfortable. But boy, they feel good after the fact. So Caleb was a man of a different attitude. And the result was, you would think God just bragged on him and he did the right thing and God would say, okay, Caleb, you and Joshua go in, on in, you wait for these knuckleheads for 40 years, they'll be back. No. Caleb had to serve time for a crime he didn't commit. Caleb and Joshua had to wander 40 years with these knuckleheads. His reward was he would get through and he would enter the land. He would go through the door. But it was on God's time. Because the people weren't ready. God said, we're going to get people that are ready. And we're going to go through that door. And so, 45 years later, there's times I've been impatient with God after months of praying for something. There's times I've been impatient with God. Mama, it's his birthday. He got a lot of credit lately. I'm going to talk to Mama later. How many years did you and my, your husband, my father, pray to have this situation in your family worship together? It started happening, it's still happening. 15 years ago, I'm not until my age. Well, quite 45 years of praying, but it was close to that. <laughs> right? Did you stop praying? Never. We continued to pray, even when it looked like the answer was far, far away. Even it, when it looked like both you and your sister were walking away from God instead of toward Him. But we saw this day. God gave us that, that So God opened the door. God gave you the word. Gave you. But what you did with that word, that has to be on you. You had to have an attitude. 
God is bigger than what I see. Because those 12 spies, they all saw the same stuff. We can all see the same problems. But the report was different. The attitude affects the behavior. The attitude is the filter that takes from the eyes to the brain to the body. You and I can see two things, Steve. And it affects what we do with it is different determined on our view right? There was something different about Caleb's attitude. It was not a grasshopper attitude. It was a big God attitude. As you go in 2024, I've been problems. We've got grief. And, I, and I'm sorry, Teresa and Gary. I, I, for some reason, but we, all around this room is grief. We got problems. We got brokenness. We got broken families. You know what? I'm not a rainbow and skittles preacher. I'm honest with what I know that there are situations out there. But we are not grasshoppers. And our God is bigger than those situations. Our God is bigger. And because I know that our God is bigger, I know we will take the land. I know we can occupy the land. Because we have a big God. We serve a big God. So I want to jump ahead. Uh, Joshua 14, make it. Verse 6 through 15. You don't have to stand for this. Uh, we're going to skip ahead 45 years. Take your time. Joshua 14. We're going to skip ahead 45 years. What's happened in 45 years? They've walked. I was from then. They walked and walked and walked. And never seemed to get anywhere. Have you ever felt like that? Come on. And God said they weren't ready because they didn't have a big God attitude. So God raised up a new generation, a Joshua generation, a Caleb generation, a big God generation, an open door generation that said God has opened the door and we will go through the door. Because our God is Yahweh. Our God is mighty. Our God is big. Our God is Jesus. Our God is victorious. And so 45 years later, they're now in Canaan. They've already crossed the Jordan. Jericho has fallen. They've had some victories. And now it's time... They have to still keep conquering, but now it's time to start thinking about occupying the land. There's people in this room, you've done this for years. I've done this for years. What's this? Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Come on. That's cool. Pumps you up. Woo! I went through the door. But I'm tired of going through revolving doors. I'm ready to go through the door and occupy the land and say, 
all you say, don't say goodbye, say so long, whatever that was, see you later. But I'm ready to say bye-bye to some things. I don't know about you. I'm ready to say goodbye. Say it all. See you later. Hasta la vista, baby. So 45 years later, the Word of God, we're going to pick up Joshua 14, verse 6. You put that up out of my eyes. Verse 6, like A delegation from the tribe of Judah, led by who? led by Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the, Ke Ke the Kenizzite, that's a whole different story, came to Joshua and Gilgal. Caleb said to Joshua, remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about the Caleb's talking to Joshua. Let me pause. Not change the word of God, just a pause. It's me on me talking. These two old warriors have to talk. 45 years earlier, they went into that land and saw it. And they said, we're going to take it. And the people let him down. And so they struggled. They was on a struggle bus for 45 years. And they watched everybody they left Egypt with die. I want you, I want you to, in this season of grief, I want you to take thought of that a minute. By the time Caleb gets to the promised land, Joshua, every single person they left Egypt with, every, I'm talking about millions, died. They went to funeral after funeral. They buried. I'm not trying to touch sore spots. I'm just trying to say, don't under, don't misunderstand that. Oh, Caleb is just joyful all the time. They just had. They must have just been like the sound of music. The, the hills are alive, you know, and all this stuff. They had went through some suffering. Whatever family they had that they lived with, dead. And they had to keep holding on, keep holding on to this word that God gave them 45 years earlier. And now these two warriors, last men standing, rare breed, two. How many were there? Two. James, we didn't even have four. We had two. These last two warriors stood there as they looked out over land that they had waited their whole life You just said that you waited your whole life to be. It's like over that overlooking Pow Valley or up in the Shindoe Valley. Can't you just see him looking over? Conversation, and I'm getting ready to read you the Word of God. This is a conversation between Caleb and Joshua. Because when they got to the land, Caleb had a different attitude, and he was revered by God and Moses. But Moses felt it better than Joshua be the leader. Caleb could not hurt by that. Yes. Caleb said, "No, no. That's your that's your walk, and I'll walk beside you." Because attitude affects altitude. 
And by the way, Lincoln, that's Holy Spirit because that's in my notes. I just left it out. Thank you. I don't know if you read my notes. When you're up here preaching, if you don't notice, I don't look at the notes. And I leave out some things, and I, I, always, I always think that's the Holy Spirit just saying that wasn't meant to be. But Lincoln, I must have missed that one. Thank you. Uh, go back to the Scripture, 14 and 6. We're going to read the Scripture about this conversation between Caleb and Joshua. So this is after Moses died. Moses said, Caleb, thank you for being always loyal. You'll get your land. But Joshua will be the leader of the people. That's his role. And so these two warriors went in together. And Jericho fell and the other people had fallen. And here they're ready to fight some giants. And this is what Caleb told Joshua. Uh, I've already read it say, so this is seven. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and I gave an honest report. But my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. So that day Moses solemnly promised me the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your grand land and that your descendants forever because you wholeheartedly follow the Lord my God. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well, as He promised, for all these 45 years since Moses made me a promise. Even while Israel wandered in the wilderness, wilderness, today I'm 85 years old. But I'm as strong now. I'm as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. And I can still travel and fight as well as I could be. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. You will remember that as scouts, we found the descendants of Anak living there in great walled towns. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. So just Joshua blessed Caleb and gave him he brought to him as his portion of the land. Keep going. We're going to 15. Hebron still belongs to the descendants of Caleb, son of Jephun of the Kenizzite, because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Previously, Hebron had been called Kiriath Arba. It had been named after Arba, the great hero of the descendants of Anak. And the land had rest from war. That's plenty enough. Thank you so much. Caleb, after 45 years of being beat, sometimes I feel like life beats the shiny eyes out of people. That's it. Beats the attitude out of us. In fact, in, in, some, in, some, in old time incarceration, maybe now, I don't know, they would say that. What we have here is a failure to communicate. You unruly? I'll just beat it out of you. That's old, that's old school. Yeah. And life sometimes is a taskmaster that tries to beat that attitude out of us. But I'm here what God is telling you to do for you. Because I'm giving you an attitude adjustment. And what the devil has stolen from you, the shininess of your eyes, yeah. the walk in your step, yeah. the purpose to your step, the passion. The excitement in you. 
the reason to go. God says it's on the other side of the door. And I'm here to restore. I'm here to give you new land. But more than that, I'm here to recreate inside you. I'm here to give you fruit inside you. I'm here to give you new blooms inside you. When they talk about the water in the wilderness, and the, I'm talking about not just out here, but I'm talking about in here. God wants to change us to an open door attitude people so that we can occupy the land. Caleb, he left, he was born in slavery. The people have been 400 years. He didn't know nobody had ever been a slave. It's so far back. They probably had lost many of their customs. You go back 400 years, you lose some stuff. Yeah. All he knew was slavery. And then God came and showed up in a powerful way and let him out of there. Yeah. But he saw all kinds of things. He saw death. He saw disappointment. He saw lack of promotion. He saw all sorts of things. But there was something different about Caleb. He had a different attitude. And so when others said we're grasshoppers, look at all we've been through. Caleb said, give me the hill country. What do you mean by that? Listen up, we're almost done. We're done almost. Militarily, a hill is the hardest thing to conquer. Caleb at an age where he could say, you young bucks ought to take care of me. I, I mean, I was here. This ain't my fault. You guys ought to be carrying me around. <laughs> I mean, I've made it 45 years because your parents are knuckleheads. But you know what he said? He didn't say go fight for me. He said, what's Moses, the leader that God gave me then, he gave me the hardest battle. Sometimes we say, why God? Why God would you give me the hardest back? What? The hill country was the hardest land to come. Because as you try to climb up these steep, steep hills, there were, as the Lord of God said, there were great wall, fortified walled cities like Jericho. But unlike Jericho, which was in the plains, it's up on a mountain. And as you're trying to climb up, they're just shooting down on you with everything they got. They were all scared of. <laughs> Moses, you know, Moses is a really, really cool leader, isn't he? He's like, <laughs> all right, Caleb, woo, man, here's what your blessing is. I'm going to let you fight the giants and take the hill and fight the hardest battles. Go get them, champ. How about them, cowboys? <laughs> and that's not a plug for the football team. 
I have no faith in him, honestly. I have a lot more faith in Jesus. Than his, his reward was God said, I'm going to give you the hard fight. And sometimes we look at that like a curse from God. But look at what happens when you get to the top. They say the steepest hills have the best views. Caleb, at a time in his life of disappointment and age, could have said, can somebody just trade out with me? <laughs> Y'all want to trade? I'll take this little flatland over beside the Mediterranean. Them Canaanites. I'll, I'll take those Canaanites. But the sons, the sons of John the Giants. But there was a different attitude. You know what he said? He said, the same God that got me out of Egypt. The same God that split the Red Sea. The same God that crushed Pharaoh's army and said, you should have kept your butt back in Egypt. The same God that fed with manna from heaven. The same God that was fire on the mountain. The same God that led them through the wilderness. The same God that kept them from being stoned when the people turned on them. The same God that got them through when they tried to rebel against leadership. The same God that crossed the Jordan and opened the Jordan up in flood season and let them walk on through. The same God that let Jericho fall when they all shouted was the same God that was going to run every giant off that hill. And more than that, Caleb knew it because he had an open door attitude. He was ready to go through the door and say goodbye to the past. Real quickly, oh Lord, give me five minutes, I'm done. Oh my goodness, I promise, I, I didn't promise, sort of made an implication. I implied, I implied. But I really haven't been long and I'm finishing. Real quick, what, what are some of the characteristics that show Caleb's open door attitude? Number one, Caleb always supported his leadership. He not only supported Moses, I mean it was Moses, God didn't speak to Caleb and said you get the hill country. Moses spoke to Caleb. God spoke to Moses. And Moses spoke to Caleb and told him you get the hill country. He held on to that word because he knew that word was from God. Even though Moses spoke the word. Two, later on, 45 years, Caleb doesn't get promoted. Joshua does. But instead of being mad at Joshua, he was still supporting Joshua in his right hand. So number one, a different attitude. When you have an open door attitude, you're not a blame game person. You don't blame others for your problems. The other, the other children of Israel, when things went bad, blame Moses. They couldn't take responsibility. Their failure was caused by their own actions, their own lack of faith. 
that sometimes the most liberating thing in your life is to understand that you are where you are most times in life because of what you and I do, our own attitudes. And if we stop pointing the finger at the boogeyman, if we stop pointing our finger at everybody else to blame, it's not always somebody else's fault. Sometimes we got to be a big girl, big boy, and say, you know what? It's my own fault to put you together. Maybe not completely poked you about it, but it's just, there's something like that going on there. So number one, they didn't, Caleb's attitude didn't let him blame other people, but he supported leadership and was a team player. Number two, Caleb was always up for a new challenge. At 85 years old, he was up for a new challenge. He was up for something new. you got to be ready sometimes to do something new. Can't leave the past. The definition of insanity is what? Doing the same thing over and over again and expect to get a different result. It's not going to happen. If you keep doing the same things you've always done, you're going to get the same results. I promise. It's like it's like thinking that I can keep putting one toe over the door. And getting a little blessing or goosebump and coming back and doing whatever I want. And then keep going, putting one foot over the door and getting a little goosebump and come back. And then go put and thinking you're going to get something different. We're going to get what we always got until we go all the way through the door and check your attitude. And the all the door attitude in 2024. So he was up for a new challenge at 85 years old. Number three, his open door attitude was a big God attitude, meaning this is we put our problems on pedestals. And our problems become our gods if we're not careful. Well, I don't worship my problems. If you make them bigger than your God, you worship your problems. You've elevated them to a position of preeminence over God. You've Called them more powerful than God by our lack of faith. I believe in God, but I just know we can't do nothing for that child of mine. That you just made God beneath your problem. That's grasshopper mentality. That's I'm the grasshopper. I'm too small for it. Caleb's attitude was a big God attitude. And it wasn't little me. It doesn't have to be me. I don't have to swell up. I don't have to flex up. I don't have to be the coolest. I don't have to be the baddest. I don't have to get the most time. I just need to know me. Because big God is what gets us through. And I know this is a time this family has a hard time with this. But in 2024, many of you in this room don't know it. At a different time, I'm going to let you share that. When your heart's in a different situation. But Miss Tanya, God has put you in a strategic place in 2024 that you are going to impact the community. You won't do a fanfare. You might not, you might or might not, but you might not have billboards with your name on it. You don't have a new post with the title on your name. But you have been strategically placed within a new job in the community which you can use to implement your faith and to advance the kingdom. That is no accident. God gave you that position. God is going to use that position. God but God will use that position. And, and sometimes when you, when, when you're going to share about that. 
Today, God, you comfort us. The word. So he had a big God attitude. He had an attitude that was up for new challenges. He had a teamwork attitude. He didn't have a blame blame game attitude, and he was had a support leadership attitude. So I say this: 2024 is a new year. As we go through, the challenge is not to see the land. The challenge is to occupy the land. 2024 may not be a final destination. It may just be a part of the story, but it's God's story. And we're walking in it. We need to trust Him that whatever comes your way this year, whatever problems as you look in, as you look out over that valley. As I look out over that valley, I may see some smoke over there. I wonder what that is. I may see some situations here and there. But i got to know that the same God that got me here will take care of that when we get there. God didn't bring us to this door. For no reason at all, He brought us to this door because we got business on the other side. You got business on the other side. Jesus told the disciples to cross the lake and they got scared because of the storms. They should have never been scared. Just why Jesus rebuked them. You know why they should have never been scared? Because Jesus already told them we got business on the other side. You got business on the other side of 2024. And it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a powerful year. I'll say this as I close my Bible and everything else. As you look back and pass and say goodbye, I want to say this to you. Caleb could have said, God, why am I so cursed? I was born a slave. I had to watch everybody on you die. Almost got stoned. Didn't get promoted. And had to fight the hardest battle when I was very old. That could have been his testimony. He could have said, why, God, why? But Caleb said instead, God, look what you brought me through. You brought me from slavery. You saved me from stoning. You were faithful to me. You gave me good leadership that I aligned myself under. And you gave me the privilege and the opportunity to fight the greatest fight because you knew you must have, I must be special. going through stuff, hard to do. God, thank you that you think so much of me this That was a Caleb attitude. So 2024 open door starts with an open door attitude. In the coming weeks, the pastors are going to be preaching, I know, and, and worshiping words and everything else about this open door. But I want us to start with an attitude check. And say, God, prepare me for this door. Prepare me to go through this door. Because I don't want to be like those 12 spies that went over and took a look and they would come back and die in the wilderness. I want to have a I want to occupy the land so there's peace in the land. And like Caleb, I want to run every daggone giant off that hill. Can I ask you by your hands, please? Real quickly. I know the time, but you know, it's all God's. 
This Holy Spirit talks to you about it today and says, you know what? I want you to go through this year with a different attitude than you had in the past. It's time that we look at things differently and we get different results in 2024. And I want to cross over completely. And I want to occupy that in 2024. Is there anybody that says, God, give me an open door attitude in 2024? Would you raise your hand if that's you? Would you raise your hand if you say, God, I want that attitude. I want more of that and less doubt, less grasshopper. Less grasshopper, more big God. Less worry, fear. God's not giving you a spirit of fear. You, you, you rebuke, I promise you, you rebuke that every morning. You rebuke that spirit. You, you rebuke that spirit every single morning of your life. But God has told you you have a big God. You're not a grasshopper. Right now, He's saying that to somebody. You're not a grasshopper. The door's not shut for you. It don't just open for certain types of people. That's a devil. That's the devil. Stop listening to him. Many times the devil talks like God. He tries to confuse you. Don't listen. New attitude. You're a big God attitude. I'm going to pray right now for courage and a new attitude this year. And I want you to lift your hands up. If you get tired, just change hands. Because I want to pray over you right now. And I want you to receive this prayer. I want you to receive this prayer right where you are. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for giving our pastors this powerful word of 2024 that is resonating in their spirits and so many people. Lord, I, I know. I saw last week. I saw this week. This is a word of God, no doubt, because it is resonating with people. It's resonating in ways I couldn't even anticipate in my flesh, Lord, but you did. But this is a new year. This is big God year. This is open door year. And right now, I pray for every hand that is up. Lord, I pray for every hand that is up to receive right now, Lord. To receive, Lord, an attitude adjustment, a Caleb attitude, a Joshua generation attitude, Lord. That they look at this year in a different way. That they look at the giants in a different way. That they are not grasshoppers. They are not second class. They are not less than. But we are a Joshua generation. We are a Caleb generation. We are an open door generation. The door is open. You will open the door. Now prepare your people's attitudes, Lord, to go through and occupy the land in unison as one army, one army, one bride. As your word clearly. 100% unequivocally says. In Jesus' name right now, Lord, I pray blessings. I pray strength. I pray purpose. I pray passion. And I pray that this group of people, these end time soldiers, these lost creek warriors, that we go in together, arm in arm, hand in hand, and we occupy this land together as one functioning body in love with each other, loving each other, Supporting each other, but more than anything, loving you, God, and led by you in 2024. In the name of Yeshua, I pray this. Now, my people shall receive it in Jesus' name. Receive it now in Jesus' name. I declare that over your lives in 2024. In Jesus' name, our heads still bow. If God is speaking to you that you need to come to this altar and just kneel and pray. And we are going to pray for the sick in a minute for different people.
But if, if God is calling you right now and says, you know what? I've called you up for an attitude adjustment. Nothing bad. You're not saying you're horrible. I just want to give you a, a, a good pop and a crack. I want to get things lined out in there for you so you're ready for what's coming in 2024. If the Holy Spirit is talking to you about that, I want you to come up to this altar right now. I'm not going to count to three. One, two, three. I went, okay. The people are already coming. If you want to come up to this altar right now, then I want you to come. If God is saying, let me adjust some things. Let me adjust some things. Now, I want you to listen. No, don't lose your focus. If you're in this room and you don't want to come up here and pray, and God, God's Holy Spirit told you earlier that you didn't come through this door and you should have. Or you did come and He's telling you to come again with a different attitude. Then this door up here is open. And if you want to come pray, you come pray. If you want to come and go through the door again, you come through the door again. But I am declaring over you that this year will be the greatest year of your lives because God is about this year and God put you in this year. God put you in this place. God put you in this church. God put you in this body. And for me to say otherwise would be to question the power of God. And I will not do that. So as we pray, if anybody wants to come to the door, come. If anybody needs prayer that's sick, come forward. We'll have people pray for you, okay? We're going to play some worship music. You can stand if you want to stand in reverence.